knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you are awake. He's here to give you a pinch and a poke. So you better open up or else you'll get the smoke. This is Ho 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 Dream Theory. Ho 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 Motherfuckers. Ho Ho Ho. Happy Holidays. <laughs>
Again, we try to keep it self-explanatory. As we come down to the lower sections of our grading tier, you have such a, such things as a I would rather, wherein we, your hosts, have to state something we would rather do than put ourselves through whatever streaming property we're talking about that week. And at the very end of it all, at the very bottom of the barrel, the last... Uh, Two-day-old sips from the bottom of that Miller Lite beer can. Yes, I'm talking to you, Carl. Take it to the kitchen. <laughs> They're like $12 a 12-pack, Carl. You don't need to save it. All right? It's Miller Lite. We have the kissing booth. Uh, it used to be Artemis Fowl, and that was, uh, that was you know, uh, all fun and games because we spelled foul all types of funny, and we thought we were very clever. And then we saw the kissing booth, and we realized that, like, oh, shit, the void knows no bounds, and uh, we have a new benchmark. <laughs> so, uh, mm. uh, without further ado, <laughs> let's not keep these people in anticipation. Oh, uh, what are we talking okay. about today, friends? Well, we're talking about... Netflix original movie Klaus. Um, not Klaus. Um, it came out last year, and uh, it is starring. Well, no, it's directed by Sergio Pablos. Uh, Carlos Martinez Lopez is co-directing credit for him. It's written by Sergio Pablos, um, and the screenplay is also by uh, Sergio and as well as Jim Mahoney and Zach Lewis. It's starring Jason Schwartzman as Jasper, J.K. Simmons. I won't go every every character that they play, but Rashida Jones, <laughs> Will Sasso, um, and Joan Cusack, among other really awesome voice actors. Um, and since it is animated, really isn't a uh, cinematographer or a DP. So I, I guess you could go with film editing by Pablo Garcia Revert, a Riviere. I believe. And uh, there you have it. Um, and let me give you the description because I haven't done this in a while, so I forgot how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of bubbling through it. Doing uh, it oh, yeah, oh, here it is. Uh, thank you, Temp. We, we, we're in the office. We got, we got our Temp agents here and we got uh, our <laughs> we, call, we call them all Temp. Temp. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just Temp. Thank you, no, Temp. No name. Just, uh, thanks, Temp. Uh, <laughs> appreciate it. They prefer this. it that way. We were, yes, call, we yes. were calling them Simp, but then we were told we right. can't do that. We can't do that anymore. Yeah, HR came in and, and had a very long discussion about why that's inappropriate in the workplace. Uh, <laughs> uh, a simple act of kindness always sparks another, even in a frozen, fairway place. When uh, Schmierensberg's new postman, Jasper, befriends toy maker Klaus, um, their gifts melt an age-old feud and deliver a sleigh full of holiday traditions. God damn, IMDb. How come you give me this long-ass fucking shit? And you two are like, yeah, it's a movie about people. Yeah. <laughs> this is a movie. It has a beginning. There's also an end. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> I get the one assistant who's just like, yeah, I'm going to go all in on this. Yeah, they I'm took their to Adderall. i pop off on this Klaus description. You all right. hear me? That's great, <laughs> Kathy. Uh, but you gotta keep it down in the office. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm popping off. Pop off. <laughs> I'm gonna communicate the themes of this thing. I'm gonna communicate the right. fucking under underlying fucking emotions of it. Right. Yeah. We're gonna get into the symbolism. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It, this movie changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> oh shit. Let's start off with the good, I guess. Whoever. Uh, yeah. 
Wants I'll to kick it off. I'm happy yeah. to kick, kick it off. Kick that shit. Um, and first of all, it's so easy to like just broad strokes talk about how everything in this is stellar because it, it blew me away. It mm. was by probably minute two or three that I, I, I turned to uh, the people I was watching it with because I, I had a little uh, D and, post-D&D uh, tag-along group. I love you all. Thank you. Uh, and I turned to them and I said, hey, did Netflix do good? <laughs> <laughs> did they do good? Yeah. Um, and a large part of that is uh, the way that this film uses lighting, mm. um, mm-hmm. which so like pretty. it sounds kind of kind of silly to say like okay like it's an animated film like there technically was no light and it's like yeah but like they uh, they definitely put a lot of like care and thought into uh oh god there are so many things that i want to say that are good but i i want to kick it off by saying that they they have a very good sense of uh when to shift the lighting in a scene and make it like it it starts off diegetic a lot of times but then in in cartoons everything's a little bit heightened and so they Mm -hmm. they do a very good job of choosing when to heighten and extra the lighting to really punctuate a moment absolutely mm. absolutely yeah. whether it's comically whether it is this movie's scary y'all i fucking love that oh my like, god it's not like it's not uh, like scary scary but mm. like for a kid this movie would be kind of scary i mean especially yeah. the beginning the intro to smearensburg is like I think one of my favorite elements of this movie when he yeah, first absolutely. arrives and then like in the fog the the whale carcass comes looming out and you're like what the <laughs> fuck Lovecraft <laughs> bullshit have we just landed in yeah, like, it's great. and there's like uh, just the the character of the town itself both the the way mm, it's mm-hmm. shown like the 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 style of the houses like it looks like it's from fucking Bloodborne like it's yeah, so yes. it's yeah. so dark genuinely no especially yes. there's that one guy who's like got the tall top hat and the musket and the two dogs i was like we're in bloodborne we are in bloodborne right. we're like clear <laughs> and the, there's the, just el- that. the elder ones have come and we've consumed their blood yeah. <laughs> i uh, uh i really i really want to point out that this not only is it like a spooky creepy film but they also use spooky creepy to make comedy in a really nice way. Like there's that shot where he's going through the town and there's those kids who are making the snowman, but they're just stabbing it. It's like stabbed with carrots, carrots, like they're Mm. knives. And there's this one kid who stares at him and just slowly (laughs) shoves the carrot in. And it is so, f- and she gets two callbacks, and it's so yes, good. She does. Both it times. She deserves so every good. single one of them. And it's absolutely. so damn good. It's so good. <laughs> I, I uh. really, I really enjoy the town as an entity mm-hmm. and all of the characters in it. All of the townsfolk felt very like they had their own thing going on. Um, mm hmm. Well, because they okay. So this actually, this this. If you don't mind, I have a Mm -hmm. another good that I meant to touch on that I think I can stitch that together. Go for it. They masterfully, uh, like this team has a has a very strong mastery over the use of montage 
Yes, I was going to say yeah, that. Yeah, oh, yeah, you yeah. took. Yeah. I'm so sorry, BB. No, no, no. You, 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 you we can extrapolate on this point. This. Yeah, snowball it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Keep going. J- just because you mentioned Matt, how everybody in the town seems to have their own little thing going on, mm-hmm. and that's because they each get these little dedicated vignettes that yeah. Uh, yeah. that not only deepen their character but reinforce the themes of the movie. Uh, uh, but like, they do such a good job at like showing a passage of time dude it's so good mm-hmm. it's in making yeah. it entertaining and fast and funny it is it is the antithesis and i was really glad i this was the one time that i was kind of glad we watched uh the robert zemeckis remake of the witches mm-hmm. because it was a clear juxtaposition in terms of a children's movie for lack of a better term vignettes that are used mm-hmm. in scenes to push the story forward yeah. The level yeah. of creativity in Klaus, I forget where it was. There's one scene in particular where I was like, um, it is uh it's Jesper, it's somewhere in the montage of them sneaking into houses and like putting the toys there, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're like talking second act stuff here. But there's a moment that I was like, uh, this is such a simple thing. Jesper uh creeps into a bedroom, puts a gift down, like silly thing happens Mm -hmm. uh but it was from like an inspired angle and like it really like it it all like it was like this high up angle that really emphasized like how small he was in the frame and it just clearly juxtaposed something like the witches where like literally three times in the movie it's oh no the vial of juice it rolled Mm -hmm. under something i need to go get it like yeah no it's yeah it's brilliant It, it it's each of those vignettes, too, and each of those montages have a beginning, middle, and end within the small mm. time frame. And each of them have a button that gets you to the next. It's because it, it, this can easily be done poorly. Easily be done poorly. It's like, we got to speed up. We, gotta, we don't have time for all of this shit. But they, they eat every scene up. Everything has a point. Everything comes back. Everything that is brought up, like, you know it's going to break its rounds. Like, you just know. Like, it's, there's a one scene where he's in Smearinsburg. And that passage of time where he's like, I, it, it just won't take that long at all. And you just see the map just like fucking like start to fall down. His fucking office is just filled with shit. Um, and it's a very <laughs> quick scene. It's a very. And then and then the, the, the sailor comes in and this is not really a spoiler. It just is like within the first like five minutes of the film. A uh, sailor comes in. He's like, ah, uh, like, I see you got a lot of mail. Where do I live with mail? And then like. The fucking map is falling from the 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 wall, and you just see that flap. It's foreshadowing already about what's going to take place, and in, in the amount of X's on the map that he's already tried to get mail to that just haven't. And all he does is like, yeah, I know everything sucks. All he does is like moves like some type of pointing stick, moves up the falling map, and is like, wait, what is that area? Who's who lives there? And then they, mm-hmm. they tell you who lives there. Oh yeah, that's just a woodsman. He's very angry. Uh, I'm sure he'll be sure he'll be really nice. It's that was about thirty seconds, yep. like maybe and a it, minute. It, and they and communicate that, and, that this dude has been struggling for like weeks or days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The passage of time in that instance, that particular scene really stuck out to me. It was just gorgeous because it's so quick. Mm-hmm. Everything in it, it's like this movie should, in all instances, just be like a mess. But I mean. It's how quickly everything moves, but it's so effective, though. Yeah. And they do it so well. Like, I wish a lot more filmmakers, even non, like, animated filmmakers, just, like, would take notes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's so good. I also just want to commend them uh, 
because this film is hand-drawn, and Mm -hmm. I... Mm. feel that there is a certain character to hand-drawn animation that you just don't see in digital animation. There's a certain... I mean, there's just sort of an organic movement, and there's just... they. I, I really feel like I can always tell when something is hand-drawn versus digitally drawn, and I always prefer the hand-drawing iteration. The, I, I, the very first minute of this film is so visually striking. I'm glad you brought up the animation style because mm-hmm. it has so much character. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Oh just my. like in a, in a, like a, a, a time of just, you know, senseless, uh, quick CG slapped together. Like, uh, we need to, we need to get product out over charm or character. And it, it's just from the very first time that they showed the post people like doing their like mechanical little thing. And like the goofy little guy, like takes the tray with the letter and like scoots down the hall. Like I was like, God damn it. That's why is this so fucking charming? They haven't even done anything. Yeah. No, yeah. they're already selling me. Yeah. Not only that, but there's so much attention, uh, to detail with every. Okay, so I mentioned this in the Slack, and I'm going to try not to spoil anything. I just really love this fucking movie. And uh, (laughs) there's a point where, let's just say, an office space or a a warehouse space is being rebuilt or refurnished and painted over. Um, And the amount of detail to them, that montage that cuts to it being finished, and the paint on the wood, like... Freshly coat paint, but at the same time, you could tell it's still hastily done and finished because they have a time crunch to get things done. Mm. And you could see the chipping in the wood and the paint in the, like <laughs> this, this is my second watch through. And I was like, I didn't see, I didn't even notice that before. Like th- this second time watching it, I was able to like really look at just the animation and take it in as opposed to just paying attention to the story. So sure. listener, it's definitely worth a second and third watch. Um, oh, I, I would be surprised if anyone yeah. could watch this and go like, I don't want to see that ever. Right, absolutely. Because you will start to notice this like small animation, t- animated details that you're just like, holy shit, somebody sat there and just was like, Oh yeah, this is they rushed to do this painting job. We need to convey this. Oh yeah, okay, I'll draw in the chips and then this and that and the third and like holy holy shit. It took them years to make this, by the way, and to get it greenlit as well. A little backstory on that. Um, they mm. were really trying their best, and I think they just Netflix was like, "We got the money, whatever, fuck it, see what happens." <laughs> but yeah, beautiful. That's animation. awesome too. Just because yeah. looking at Sergio Pablo's uh, filmography, mm-hmm. like this dude, so he was a a, a lead character designer and a supervising animator on Tarzan. Uh mm, I, I nice. think he I think he it says here he's credited as Tantor. I don't remember who Tantor is in Tarzan. It's been a while. Mm. Um he was a lead animator for Hades on Hercules. Oh wow. This dude was a lead <laughs> yeah. animator for Frollo during Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh that makes like, that makes sense. Yeah, this guy has been putting in work since 93 mm-hmm. in animation departments and he's this is his first directing credit. It's so oh, interesting yeah. because I when you say Hades and Frollo, I can instantaneously it, right? like conjure mm-hmm. their specific motions to mind and like mm-hmm. they're very different and they're so characterful. Um mm-hmm. and and I think that that shows a level of capacity for uh, quality like character animation that shines through all of the characters move differently 
And all of the characters have specific gates and specific sort of like stances. And uh, it's very, you know, and this is sort of like animation 101 is like make your characters walk differently. But I feel like they go slightly beyond the standard, right? Because if you look at other other animated things that are less good, other animated films that are less good than this, they, you know, mm-hmm. characters will have different gates, but they kind of pull from a stock of, of motion. Whereas these feel very, they're all the motion feels very organic and feels very dynamic. And I, again, I think that comes down to the fact that it's hand animated. There's something about hand animation that is just inherently more dynamic than computer animation. Mm-hmm. There's that much more care put uh, absolutely. into Absolutely, you know. And and it's character not... animation is yeah. I mean, computer animation is so powerful and, and cool in its own right, but you can also just be like, I've built the model and now I instruct the model to move this way. Absolutely. And it's like... not it's not to say that there aren't because like Pixar obviously does 3D animation and they do it brilliantly and they do it very well. Mm -hmm. However, there's also this rash of animated children's movies that are coming out these days uh, that Mm -hmm. we talked about last week with The Grinch where, you know, it's they're just these like fucking cookie cutter, like kind of (laughs) garbo. Illumination is they're cheap yep. and they're fast cough, cough. and it's it's a surefire cough. it's a surefire yeah. it's a surefire yeah. like swing it some money you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. If you make a film for cheap with absolutely like no setup or locations you only have to bring actors to a fucking studio not do any of their hair or makeup or anything so you get their names attached without actually like buying a whole lot of their time mm-hmm. and then you uh you like get a fucking Xbox 1 or or PS4 fucking <laughs> a graphic system or whatever and you just have it uh, it, yeah like i think part of why i think we see that so much is just because it is so economically lucrative of course of course yeah 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 of course i totally i totally Uh, agree with that yeah this again also i have to put it out there netflix animation department even when they team team up with like studios like dreamworks it is really good phenomenal stuff like they have a bunch of series please go check it out and and uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that but like god damn this movie is so good it's just it I, I mean i mean i remember the first time i watched it and i was like all right whatever you know it's a netflix movie like what, what what's the worst that can happen right you know i'll make fun of it and man halfway through i'm like this is like you ian i'm like is this <laughs> is this fire or am i like tweaking it just really surprised me also can I say this too as another point? Um, that this movie could have easily had a conventional ending to solve its issue, but it's very clever and um, it's fresh, and it made me smile to be like, mm. "Oh, <laughs> you got me!" <laughs> like mm-hmm. literally, like got me. I'm like, "Oh, oh shit, that's cute. That's cute." I was, you know what I mean? Like just very. They, they, the solutions that they are the problems that they bring up always have a very smart solution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Not, they, yeah, mm-hmm. they they introduce problems that uh, have a lot of trope worthy uh, mm-hmm. conclusions, and they kind of subvert all of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, like almost at every corner. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I um, I really feel like I really feel like the thing that makes this movie worth watching is all of the B story background stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's all of the secondary mm-hmm. characters. It's all of the sort of developments. Um, I I just I feel like that 
is at the heart of this movie. That's what makes this movie sort of shine is the is all of the stuff around the core of the story. Like mm-hmm. well and I think part of that is due to the fact that because of this story's themes and and again just their really good use of a uh, setup and payoff and in everything, they aren't like background characters, you know? Like right. everything mm-hmm. that they're doing uh, that Klaus and Jesper are doing in this film are are in response to the town the inciting incident uh for their whole escapade is literally born of a drawing from someone in the town you know mm-hmm. like this kid this kid that we see maybe a handful of times like maybe like what like a half a dozen times in a for a grand screen time total of 2 minutes but like that kid is as much a character in the story as Klaus or Jesper like they feel they uh, they have a beginning middle and end and it's like we never even get a name for this character yeah uh, it's just a really cute kid um oh god okay so there are still so many goods to cover and we've we've spent so much time. So I'm just going to rapid fire a few real quick if y'all don't mind. Go. Go for it. Uh Margot, use of color. Uh the uh 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 Margot again. Fucking break my heart. Why don't we? Whoever mm-hmm. designed that little Sami girl. It, oh my god. Like the fucking hell and the themes. There we go bring it all I, I knew i had more the themes in this for young kids like being like because i feel like there were a lot of holiday movies specifically christmas movies like because let's say this is a christmas movie um that are like uh people have forgotten the old ways and that's like ruining the spirit of christmas you need to remember where it all stemmed from the tradition mm-hmm. and this was a nice subversion of that where it was like yeah our tradition our tradition steeped in hatred (laughs) and it's like and that's like kind of fucking legitimate at this point in time like what we know as a society as a larger whole it's like yeah a lot of those old world things that like you know in our quote-unquote golden eras that we were like, yeah, that's a fucking rad thing to talk about and celebrate. Like, we have more context for that now. We know that those, that like a lot of traditions fucking suck. And just to have that theme in a kid's movie and be like, not all traditions are good. Some traditions take a city and turn it against it- itself, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that, I think there was something really, there's something really subversive and powerful in that sort of messaging for young children. Because if, if young Ian had been taught to challenge power systems more accurately, because I had been sort of conditioned to do so in a, in a rather reckless and not always productive way. But if someone had been, sat down and been like, hey, like they told you a really nice story about Thanksgiving, right? Yeah? But what? who told you the nice story about Thanksgiving? Was it mm-hmm. the indigenous peoples or was it the white folk? Like, mm-hmm. like if someone had actually sat down and had that conversation with young Ian, I, I, I guess this is my way of retroactively being like, I wish they had. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel like this film kind of broaches that subject for any young people that watch it. And I think that's fucking rad as hell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, the voice acting is fucking phenomenal. The Those, actors, the holy fuck. Pin. Yeah. Jason Schwartzman, I didn't even know that was J.K. Simmons' Klaus yeah. until after the movie. I, uh, I yeah, like, I was no surprised by J.K. Simmons. Yeah, I was surprised right. by that because he sounds so old. And I was like, J.K. Simmons range, doesn't. Man. 
Yeah, and it's I think it's because J.K. Simmons usually plays characters that have a lot of energy behind them, and it was mm-hmm. really nice to see him play something a little more stoic and quiet and kind of Subdued. still. Yeah, right. um, and I I felt that they. I really liked his sort of his arc as an entity and the way he gets reframed and all of these, you know, there's a there's a lot of good going on in this movie. There's a lot of good. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do. I, really like I the, do have some bads. And I, I oh, yeah. feel like do. I, I have at least one glaring bad. I have I have three. I have three bads. That I want to talk about. Um, Fantastic. Does that is that our is that uh, our segue? Yeah, maybe. Uh, real quick before we go to the bads. Real quick, before, uh, Jason Schwartzman as Jesper is fantastic, but I kept thinking that if this was done like 15 years ago, David Spade would have been Jesper. <laughs> oh, it's Emperor's New Groove vibe. I was actually in the first bit where you see him with the cucumbers on his eyes. I was like, oh, we're watching the Emperor's New Groove, yeah. but it's snowy. <laughs> like right, exactly. <laughs> I just had to get that point out because it was bugging me. I love it. Though. I, I, I really didn't like his character for a long time because I was like, man, like I, I, I didn't like the sort of shitty sleaziness that Jason mm-hmm. Schwartzman brought to it. But then I was like, no, that's actually appropriate for the character. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, it's supposed to be kind of the point. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and once it was reframed that way, I was like, no, this is good. This is a good thing. Yeah. It was um, very much Cusco. And I was like, yeah, the whole time I was like, yeah, this feels very Emperor's New Groove, you know? Yes. like, Yeah. Which is okay because there aren't a ton of, there aren't a ton of movies. It's been a while since we've had a Cusco-like character. Um, mm-hmm. And I like it. I think the- Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean- the the voice acting J.K. Simmons fucking Joan Cusack um yeah I my I I adore Joan Cusack and also just like you know fucking Norm Macdonald as the yeah. the the ship's captain so good. again at yeah. first I was like that's an odd choice and by the end I was like I it's good like because <laughs> yeah. like the problem was I kept initially being like is that is that Norm Macdonald. Like I kept having these moments where I was like, is that this person? What, what a weird choice. But then I bought into it and it worked. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, this movie, I, I, I'm going to bring up some bads and I, I want everyone to know that like, I don't think these bads are necessarily a break for this movie, Mm -hmm. but they definitely got to be addressed. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to start out with what I think is maybe the biggest of them. Um, there's one There's one that I feel pertains most to me and the way I felt about it. But there's also an ethical one, which is, hey, peeps. All right. So the Sami people. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people who don't know. The Sami are a group of indigenous nomadic reindeer herders that live in the northern parts of Sweden and Finland, that kind of northern Norway, the sort of northern regions. Um, And they have, for a long time, been mistreated by the Swedish government. Um, In fact, Mm. their sort of cultural autonomy wasn't recognized until within our lifetimes. So, uh, for an American audience, the easiest way to frame this is, hey, the Native Nations of America. 
Think about that. Think about the way our government treated them. Now, you have these Sami people who are sort of exoticized and othered, right, in this in this sort of mis, like magical way. Not actually mm-hmm. like they have magic, but the, you're like, wow, the bright colors and all this. And there is like, there is a part of it that's really nice. But I don't know how to talk about this without spoiling it, but I feel like this is a really important element to talk about. Turning the Sami into the elves, mm-hmm. in which a native person's role is to help a non-native person. Ah, oh, there's something about that that's really fucking icky. Um, yeah, and it's a yeah. and it's it's a it's a problem. It's a it's a real problem. Um, now, is it cool that the Sami are being represented in film? Yes, but again, representation is the lowest bar we can hit. Yeah, you know? I'm gonna hit you with this though. I thought they did a better job with their representation here than they did in Frozen Two. Um, yes. However, Frozen Two, I actually read up on this. Frozen Two, they're not actually Sami. <laughs> they're but they're heavily they're based Sami and all but... in then yeah they're Sami and all but name. However, I will say Frozen Two actually worked with the like Sami Council and had all of their depictions okayed. Mm by the mm. like cultural council of the Sami, which I don't think this movie did. So mm. I also think, I do think that this movie probably does it better. And I don't, this movie is not ill-intentioned in its depiction mm-hmm. of them. It's not at all. And I think it does a pretty good job of like having the inclusionary stuff. But there's something about the like, let's take the Sami girl and teach her how to speak English. And now she gets a toy and now she gets, now they're like a part they of didn't the teach her how to speak English. That was something that I appreciated about this was they instead had the ignorant racist postmaster get semi-schooled by uh, Rashida Jones's character. He's like, like he, he is a racist asshole to this poor Sami child, the whole first half of the film. And then his true, like one of his more true turning moments is when she's like sitting there and he's like, I, I can't understand you. And then he goes to the teacher. He's like, can you help me? And the teacher's like, okay, for sure. Is it handled perfectly? No, but they definitely, I did not get a sense of like, let's integrate you Sami girl and get you a toy. Yeah. I just think mm. that that it's like, I wish that it had just been a lot more clear. Like the way I would frame it is like, have him learn Sami as opposed to, so ah, that there's cool. no, there's no possible connotation of, sure. of like, uh, cultural erasure which is a really big issue for the sami it's like Mm -hmm. cultural erasure, and and not just for the sami but for all you know basically all native indigenous peoples on this earth who have been crushed under the boot of colonialism um Mm. so it's it's tough because i do think that it's a very heartfelt and well-intentioned depiction but i it's also one of those things where like you have to like it's like think about how you're framing exactly i I agree that when when they took the spot of the elves yeah and then they like super great and then they give him the like honorary clothing and it's the santa outfit i was kind of like ooh. Mm. No. Mm. Yeah, it's, like it. It could definitely be handled with a, a lot more finesse. Um, I, I just thinking here about how they could have done it, like you said, Matt. Um, have him learn Sami, and then also have her learn maybe 
English, it, then, then there's a beautiful integration of both ideals and um, cultures there, uh, which would have been really cool. Um, yeah. That's so un unfortunate. Yeah, the it's, Santa Claus thing, too, just like. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Come on, guys. But also, you do better. It, doesn't you make, do better. it doesn't make sense for them to be toy makers. They're fucking nomadic steppe-based reindeer herders. There aren't woods mm -hmm. where they are. They're not woodworkers, mm -hmm. you know? They're like, they're herders. So that was also a thing where I was like, this doesn't, and this comes from having an anthropologist for a fiance, because she, she was sitting next to me and she was like, um, hmm, like this doesn't quite line up. And I was like, yeah, not really. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't, again, I don't think it's a break. I don't think it's like, Oh, no, absolutely But it not. is it's... something that I feel like we must note. Um, yeah, it's done okay, but it should be done We We can always well. strive for better. It did okay. <laughs> yes, we can do yeah. great. You know, again, this is not, as I've said, it's not a, a deal-breaking issue, but I do think that it's something that needed to be addressed when we... 10,000%. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. And, and I... I... I'm glad that you put words to it because I didn't exactly know how, but like even a dummy like me did feel weird about like, ah, the indigenous people, uh, like, oh, they're the, L uh, uh, that's a spoily. Did we spoil? We already kind of, we kind of spoilied. I don't think there's a way to talk about this pr appropriately without giving that sort of spoily, mm -hmm. but correct. That's a good point. It's not the worst. Spoily, it's not though. the worst spoiler. And it's like a, yeah. Also, it's, it's a the minor story thing. of Santa. Like, right, exactly. Right. right. <laughs> Everybody knows about Santa. Another exactly. weird thing, can I just say, I do think it's kind of strange that, that at the beginning he's like, well, I bet you wonder where the story of Santa Claus comes from. And I was like, did we all just forget that St. Nicholas existed? Like, <laughs> right. he was a, he was a Turkish world. dude. Right, like, yeah, exactly. Alternate world. I know. Yeah. If if we're going There's alternate no world, then it's sport. fine. I know. Right. It's just <laughs> so weird that they took a Turkish saint, like the Turkish patron saint of children, and they were like, no, he's a Swedish woodcutter now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, uh, yeah. And you will love it. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's more of it. Given that Santa Claus is like a fictional character, I have less of a problem with that than the Samis. But I did kind of sit there and go, hmm, like we're, we're just ignoring St. Nick, the, like the actual the actual person that Santa Claus is based on. Okay, all right, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, that doesn't exist. That's fine. That's fine. Whatever. Right, they right. ask they they invite you on a premise and they ask you to go along. And with in it, that regard, know? I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, for that one kid I, in history class who's just like, so anyone know the history of Saint Nicholas? And they're like, oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> it just gives you a synopsis of Claus. <laughs> yeah, who's the. It's like a patron saint that looks after children. I will. Uh, I have. I have a pretty. Uh, I, I have a pretty strong. Strong bad that I for this film. It's not nearly as uh, sociologically like topical or pertinent. But I, I have. I, there's. There's one very bad thing about this movie, uh, and it is that fucking song. Oh yes. Oh my okay. god. That was my that bad. song. That's my bad. Just oh, god. a mile away. Then one step is. All it takes. If yeah, it's like why? Da, da, da. Yeah, it was. It, it like so horribly undercuts like the beautiful moment that that is. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of feel that way about their usage of like all of the more modern songs. 
Like I, I will defend how you like me now. I, I like that. Here's sequel. the problem, yeah. though. I, like I love the heavy. Sequel. I have a hard time divorcing that from the Borderlands series. So that was a really weird, like, because <laughs> I have played a lot Fair. of Borderlands. And so I was like, um, Handsome Jack, where are you at? Like, right. I mean, are you are you trying to tell me that the fucking Elling Bows and the Crumbs don't have some folks that are definitely fucking canonically psychos in the Borderlands realm? Oh, like, can I just say oh, yeah, I sure. absolutely <laughs> want to see a crossover in which you shoot your way through Smearinsburg. Oh my oh, god. Oh god, it could possibly work. I mean, Dude. absolutely. And you have to ring the bell as one of the missions? Hell yeah, I'm fucking down for this. <laughs> Naturally. Fuck yeah. That's some good shit, man. I I I do agree that some of the not all of the song choices were great. None of them bothered me. As much as that one. Except for that one. That one, one. Yeah, was... that one was like the one that I was like <laughs> this is the, you all that. sat in a room and said yes to this on this moment. I know for a fact there were some animators on this film that were like, what are you? No. Yeah. No. It's I put not. 40 hours into this. Why would you what are you it? doing? It's like we, you got to market it. We got to. <laughs> like, that's the thing is that if they had just done an instrumental version during that, then you have the shitty song in the credits the way I know. everyone else yes. does it. You know, uh, that's the whole thing about this this uh, movie, though. The music in general, just all, it's like, ah, uh, I just wanted some. I just wanted a score, man. Just, I, just give me a nice. I class, agree. Like, I agree. I wanted uh, something clean. I'm also. I'll say, I've got a weird hang up about the usage of non-period music. Oh, in, me too. In per- like more period pieces, there's something about it. Mm-hmm. It's like why I can't watch a Knight's Tale, even though I think it's an okay movie. Like. There's just something about seeing people like jamming out to Queen when they're in yeah. fantasy garb where I'm like, I don't, I don't work with that. I can't do this. <laughs> it doesn't feel right. Yeah, it's just uh, a... yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Cat Country saying... does it pretty well though. That's like the few. Like, yeah. But I guess I have, it's a big pet peeve of mine too. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. What were you going to say, Ian? I'm not saying that we that we found an objective bad friends. I'm just saying that I typed in Klaus Netflix shitty song and the second <laughs> result was accurate. Can I just say yeah. <laughs> I do think I do think that that is an objective bad. It's not a good song. It's not yeah, really yeah. well produced. It takes away from an otherwise really great montage the way they do the montage as well. All of that. I just wasn't. Shit, man. I wasn't about that. I can't really remember most of the score, period. It's super forgettable. It's super forgettable. It's sad because it's such a great, like, you you need a good score just to, like, it just enhances the movie that much. Yeah. More, especially for this. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they didn't have any, like, that's one thing, you know, if this was picked up by like a disney or something like that they would have thrown in <laughs> way way something more. catchy oh yeah yeah right. something yeah an instrumental that just would have been sick I but know. yep um, so it was written mm-hmm. by a swedish pop singer so. i know oh i guess okay. that was their i guess that was their edge to try to bring in <laughs> the swedish uh, <laughs> more people swedish to watch money Klaus? i mean and i'm like fine with that I mean, using a Swedish artist to for something in Sweden, that's fine. But also, uh, they couldn't have got a better one. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I I have another bad um, okay. that is more, again, it's not like a huge, big, bad, bad, but it does sort of bother me. Hmm. After the point wherein the intro to the town 
happens. Um, like once we get into the actual toy making thing, I kind of feel like the actual, the story beats, the structure is super predictable and like very much sort of a rote thing where you're like, and here comes the conflict between the people and like, and this is the moment where the turn happens with this character and this is the, and and it's, and again, I'm not trying to spoil anything. Just for me, as I was watching it, I kept kind of calling beats early on and I was right about all of them, which doesn't mean it's bad because formulas can work sure. and it's a kid's movie, right? At the end of the day, this is a movie for kids and this movie does a lot of things right. And so it's fine, you know, but for me, I, I guess I just like, I'm used to Pixar and their elevated storytelling. And mm -hmm. I tend to hold things to that standard where I just, I felt like all of the beats were like something you could do on a flow chart and have it mm. work. I think they did a good job with it. And I think they earned those moments in the story. So, you know, it wasn't like they felt bad or unearned, but I feel like they could have been a little bit more brave in their storytelling and like, take some risks in terms of what beats needed to be included and needed and like didn't need to be included you know i'm wondering if you can give me a few specific sure examples. um so like the things that i sort of predicted right were spoiler content detected access denied all right so that's my uh, dear listener. If you just went static in your head for a little bit, that's because uh, I fed all this stuff to the void fish. And, uh, <laughs> and so only Ian, Ben and I can hear it. Um, so anyway, Ian, you said you had some pushback. I want to hear it. I, I do. Ha I, I have just a little bit of pushback against that because I think that it is agreeably a little formulaic. They don't set out to i never once felt like they set out to reinvent the holiday genre they set out to tell a very specific story about uh uniting not just a town but also uh, uh just people in general and like they they both have uh, i think that it's they both have very separate goals and ideologies and it's part of because whether like whether we like him or not jesper is our protagonist yeah and so it's all about his journey and his growth. And the majority of the film, uh, he does do everything for selfish reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's finally at the end when he doesn't. And so we need that schism, that reveal, that uh, betrayal of trust. And yes, it is a it is a trope, but it's also like the moment where because here's the thing: the betrayal of trust comes after he's learned his lesson and he's doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. That is true. And so it's like it's like no, I I swear I've figured it out and I am doing it for the right reasons. And it's like yeah, but you betrayed us and you lied to us. And so like there's is it the most in inventive story ever? No, but I think that they had really clear goals set out in the story they wanted to tell, and none of them were really, uh, or I don't think, rather, a priority of theirs was to uh, subvert I the... I totally agree. I totally agree. I still think... I still think because the thing is where where that reveal where it's like, you lied to us, like you duped us. It's like, well, the toys still happened. 
<laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's not like all sure. of that was fake. That all still happened. The fact that it was a means to an end uh, is kind of the broader point as opposed to just like pure open generosity. Which I think is, I think is uh, the interesting thing about it is that at the end of the day, it was never about the toys, although so many people seem to get wrapped up in it. Like the, the hateful family uh, matriarch and patriarch get wrapped up in the toys yes. uh but like for the kids it's not so much about the it is about the toys but it's like about the connections that they made and so klaus made this connection with jesper on i know what you're i know what you're saying i'm following you but like it, i mean it's very obvious from the beginning that that is the dichotomy like they established that in the first five minutes jesper has a singular goal when he goes to Schmierensburg, and that's to get back home. Yeah, I I just think it was, I. it's just one of those things where I saw it coming, and then it happened, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Again, it's not a huge break for me, but I just was like, I, I wish they had bucked my expectations a little bit more. Just a little bit. How, I and I guess this is where uh, I'm going to still give a little bit of that pushback is I want to know, but it's the spoilers. I know, because spoilers. Because um, I just don't, shit. I think that what, I think the qualm that you have with it was them actually using that to their advantage. Like, to me, it's a strength of the film. Like, they're like, they're like, we know this is a holiday film. We, you know how these go. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, and so they like use that. I don't know. I, I appreciate your perspective. I just think there's maybe a fundamental disagreement on the Certainly, usage yeah. of tropes as a, as a, like a, like, I don't know, skillful usage of tropes versus tropes as a fallback. I tend to be a lot harder on the usage of tropes in general, I think. Um, just on the whole, I, I think given the course of this, I tend to be the person who kind of poo-poos tropes. So I and I I, I respect the hell out of that because yeah. it's like it needs to be done. I this is one of the times that I I think you are being a little unfair or too hard on them. I think I am being too hard on them. Um, but you know that's my prerogative. <laughs> but I will it, it, I will yeah, I will agree that I I don't think they I don't think those moments are done poorly. Um, I just like to be it's surprised just because these beats you. It's just because you you reference Pixar movies, but these beats have happened across multiple Pixar movies. Sure, and in like Disney movies, in like and when they like, do, I tend to be disappointed because I'm like, yeah, okay, all right. You know, it's just like I don't know. I I read a lot of the Save the Cat books when I was younger, which is all about like formulaic screenwriting and like how to write. Sure. And and it's just one of those things where if you can beat your movie out exactly to a a pre-existing formula, it will be a very successful, very clean, very tight movie that also doesn't take risks. Um, and I guess that's kind of my my wish is that they had taken a little bit of risk in the structuring of it. Um, especially because I felt like the beginning of it with the introduction of Smearinsburg really promised something that was like darker and weirder and like because it's so creepy and there's so much stuff. And then I felt like a lot of that dark weirdness and like sort of unexpectedness fell away mm-hmm. in the story of the toy making and the toy giving. So is is that the point of the movie though? I, like 
since the the towns are coming together, like that darkness kind of like washes away with bright, vivid colors and yes, um, joy and mirth and stuff. Yeah, I just I don't know. My I, that that is less of the point because that is actually the point, right? Is is that? <laughs> but it's more it's more just that I was expecting something a little bit more off kilter, based on not so much in terms of like vibe, but in terms of story beats, in terms of themes because of the moments with the giant fucking whale carcass and the, like, you know, all the stuff in the beginning. And then I just felt like it didn't quite keep that all the way through. It just sort of hit its, it like, after that initial premise, it then just was like, all right, and now the others, and now the real story. Like, all this stuff was just window dressing. Let's go. Um, but again, I don't think that this bad is like a, uh, a deal breaker. I'm just very picky and I, and I like to hold things up to tight scrutiny, but I don't think by any means that, that this is not me saying this movie is bad. This is me saying this movie is good. And I wish that I could have like fully elevated it up, you know, in my mind, like I like it enough to nitpick. That's kind of where I'm at, you know? Mm, sure. Gotcha. Sure. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I don't agree with you on all those fronts. I do agree uh, thematically or, or, or like with, with like the lack of risk. Like there were one or two times that I was like, yeah, that's the safe bet. Like I do wish that they had challenged or had time to challenge even. Because uh, I think this, this does a good job of not making or, or championing like the commercial side of Christmas or, or even really the religious aspect of Christmas. Yeah. Um, even though it is very clearly like a Christmas story, and I appreciate that, I do wish uh, for all the challenging of like entrenched uh, traditions that are toxic or or uh, hateful, um, that they'd also like sort of challenged other power structures a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah. And so like that, I, I I do get on board with the fact that like there could have been more risks. It it wasn't necessarily the the plot beats that bothered me though in that regard. Sure. I I I agree. And I I think that is sort of I talked around this because I was trying to figure out what the fuck I was actually saying, but I feel like that risk thing is at the core of it. Is that I just wanted them to be more risky. Whether that's in the plot or in the themes as you said, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. But I I Ben, what are I your agree. thoughts? What how do you how did you feel about uh um risk yeah, lack I, thereof I don't or necessarily ag- agree too much. I feel like eventually you're going to run into the same tropes because all stories are pretty much the same. I just don't um, agree with that. I think that's I I, d- I do not I think that's a a crutch that people use. Really? Yeah. I mean, you can only tell so many so many stories, though. I mean, like everything. <laughs> there are so many. I mean, like yes, I think people need to expand upon that and be more creative. But like at the same time, like usually human conditions are relatively similar. Um, they're just colored in different ways and cultures. And um, and so those create like, like so an infinite array of color. <laughs> I just think eh, I just think that saying true. saying that there's only so many stories is just inherently limiting and a way for people to uh, avoid reckoning with their own like I don't know. I just I think it's I think it's the coward's way out. <laughs> I think it's better to Fair. like to say no, like human experience is infinitely nuanced and there are lots of different things you can do, you know? Okay, I feel you, yeah. I feel you. All right, well. But I, to yeah. your point, mm-hmm. to your point, I do think that tropes are around for a reason and they are a, a tool of storytellers that are, that, you know, that exist because it's, uh, 
because it's hard to make a kids movie that <laughs> that is totally original and like also not super controversial. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I feel you. Um, yeah, uh, perhaps maybe there could have been to subvert some of the tropes. Uh, an accident, one of the towns members kills each other because the battle is still going on and they just can't get over it. The older generation, I don't know, maybe something like that would have been pretty interesting and clever to do. But I mean, I don't know. I I I don't really have too many other bads um, because I don't have any. You guys pretty much um, covered what we uh, think the bads are. So I think we can move on to uh, how would we reboot this movie in 10 to 15 years? Yeah. Yeah. The remake. The remake. Yep. Oh, you got to do better with the Sami people. I feel like, honestly, if we could have just addressed the Sami people, if that could have been slightly different, I, I, I would think this movie is like Gucci. Like, good to go. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. I think uh, it might have been you, Ben, who said that uh, a, a nice change... Uh, to actually work towards great representation and inclusion would have been that uh, there's a story beat where he has to learn Sami. Uh, Jes- Jesper does. Uh, and and like, cause like we kind of get that in that uh, aforementioned horrid song we talked about. Um, <laughs> like there, there's like, there's like that moment of like, he's like, I'm going to try to connect with this person who might have no framework or, or ability to do so. But then after that, it is again just sort of like him being like, yeah, I don't understand still. Like, and so like, I wish that like, because the beat's already kind of there and we just need to tweak it so that afterwards, like he tries speaking with her on in her language and like, you know, like he's kind of bumbling, but like he's making an effort all the same uh, or something. I think that's like at least one great step forward in actually being like, Hey, these people are uh, not just like adorable and uh, and like kind and like you know like uh, fit into the framework really well of like being a kind of like for lack of a better term joke. Like it, it makes it seem a lot more reductive than what they actually do in the film, but like it is reductive. Yeah, mm. all the same. Yeah. Um, and so I think that would help addressing that problem a little bit. Is just like him being like shit. Like there's a whole. Uh, like he's already he's already blown away that there's a a wood shop he's mm-hmm. never been to right yeah he's like mm-hmm. he's like what's this corner of the map up here there's a woodworker outside of town and then to learn that there's a whole other community like there's like there's something in that there that like i, I gets think missed. i know what it might be too just Ooh, like you got the yeah. two people the two um parts of town arguing over whose town it really is you have the swami people who are just like they these idiots are like have no idea this is our town we've mm. been here like <laughs> yeah um and i mean that like... that fits with the broader kind of like political thing which is like the way the swedish government took land exactly Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, yeah, we're totally going to represent you. Mm-mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Nope. That's it. Such an easy beat to put into. I don't think it detects way too much from the movie at all. Yeah. It's easy. It's an easy, like, scene or two just to be like, yeah, they have no idea. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's foolish that just destroying our land. And we're just like, you're arguing about land that's not even yours. Or something to that effect. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. 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 I feel like, though, I mean, outside of that and ditching the song, Gotta get rid of I'm, the willing, song. I'm willing <laughs> to keep the other two songs, even though I fundamentally disagree with them. 
We gotta mm. get rid of that song though. Like you Which gotta. Which was the third one? Because I'm having trouble remembering the third. There's that's one... the problem. You're having trouble remembering most of the the. So music there's here. there's <laughs> one that's like. So there's how you like me now. And then there's yeah. one after he threatens the kid uh, with the naughty list where it's like, it's some sort of like, never mess with the oh, postman. Oh, don't mess with the postman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, eh, you know, eh. Yeah, that was a weird beat too. Yeah. Those two can both go. Yeah. I, <laughs> it felt like that one was added in to justify the how you like me now. I know. The thing is, yeah. I would get rid of all of them and just have some fucking banger ass score. Like, absolutely. Just like have a good score. And you can have like him be cool without the usage of how you like me now, <laughs> you know? Right. It's the, I know. It's, the Chris, it's a Christmas movie, then. You're supposed to walk away humming some of that fucking music, on an, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a good point. That's an excellent point. Yeah, to be fair, like I did wind up to listening like... to The Heavy today because of it, but again... Oh, well, that's dope. Yeah, yeah, I that's mean, dope. But, like, but yeah, I, like, I already yeah. would listen to them regularly because I fucking love that. So. <laughs> But yeah, right, you're so supposed here we go. to like search for that soundtrack and be like, yeah, that's that. Yeah, that, I mean, compare, score, compare this to like Jingle Jangle, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, real quick. Uh, I'm going to pitch you this this sort of framework just based off of like the ideas we've had bouncing around. Okay. And you two tell me what you think. Uh, so we, we keep this, the, the movie relatively the same. The big tweak being the way that the Sami people are treated. I really love what you proposed, Ben, with Schmierensberg being on Sami land. Mm-hmm. And so what we do here is Jesper comes, he starts uniting the people through ideas, but it's mostly through toys, et cetera, et cetera. We keep that whole bulk of him and Klaus and the kids. It's beautiful. Uh, he learns and actually starts to integrate... Uh, if if they allow him to into the Sami culture a little bit, and it's like, oh shit, like there's a whole other village, and Ian, that's I hate how to, he I hate to break you. I hate to break, but maybe even uh, Klaus himself could be uh, one of the natives as well. I mean, Klaus could he just could... be Sami, fucking Sami. Yes, yeah. Yeah. that's great. That's yeah. sorry. Keep continue. I don't mean to keep go no, no, go no, go. You're go, absolutely go, right. Go, no, no, go. this is great because uh, he he is Sami. Uh, 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 he and so Jesper like starts to learn about this community that way. Uh, uh, let me ask you this mm-hmm. though: If Klaus is Sami, why does he agree to help or bring toys to the children of Smirnsburg? Maybe his wife was part of uh, um, who? Uh, well, his significant other, who we don't know what happens to, <laughs> right? Uh, um, is a part of that town um, and that culture. I mean, but also. For the same reason he does it before. Right. He just likes because children. Because of the reason yeah. that we won't say. True. I feel like that reasoning can follow, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, cool, cool, cool. Because that reasoning is a personal kind of broader reason that is sure. acultural. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, great. No, no, that's right. Uh, thank you for just reinforcing that in my head. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Jesper starts to learn about Klaus and they, they start doing these night runs together, which is how he learns. Uh, but here's the thing. Klaus doesn't mention that he's Sami, perhaps, because mm-hmm. then we still have the impetus in reason for Margu to be there. And damn it, if you try to cut Margu from my movie, I... No, she's got to <laughs> stay. Oh, she's too fucking cute. Absolutely. Uh, and so, like, yeah. uh, perhaps... Oh, he speaks like, to her. <laughs> 
that's the thing. So like that's the thing. And that's how you find out. Yes, but Klaus in like that that's like one of those like later second act things or something mm-hmm. right around uh, the the slight the sleigh bit or whatever the 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 sleigh awful invisible song. Dear listener, watch the film. You'll know what what we're talking about. It's so hard that's without so spoilies. It is. And then that's where we find out that the Sami people actually like were pushed off of the land that is now Smearinsburg. A bunch of the town folk who like because this feud has been going on between the families for generations Mm -hmm. so like the older uh entrenched folks who like have been holding up this tradition are of course resistant but a few or 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 some of the townspeople of smearinsburg like agree to sort of like take it all down and try to rebuild it with the sami because we are tiptoeing and this is the reason why i I propose this we are tiptoeing kind of close into frozen two territory which i had huge qualms with Mm. because they Mm -hmm. also have uh indigenous uh people like uh parallels but instead of like and i don't care if i spoil frozen two because i wasn't crazy about it uh dear listener in frozen two uh elsa finds out that her kingdom is built on stolen land from indigenous folks and then what does she do at the end when uh the uh, elements go to like tear it all down uh, because like nature has been upset by the very like colonial bullshit that her forefathers like uh, put up and stuff. She stops the wave from destroying the kingdom and everybody's happy, including the indigenous people. Like, and I was like, no, like you had the perfect chance to destroy the like ultimate symbol of something created by the bad guy, your forefather. Yep. And instead you stopped it because yeah. you maintain the status quo when it's much more powerful to like tear it down, let it be destroyed and be like, hey, we're resilient. And as a community, we can build something better. And then on the bones of that, you build something better. And that's sort of where I'm mm. getting at with uh, like the the elders still lose in this, but like a collection of the townspeople of Smearinsburg who are brought together through Klaus and Jesper's uh, stuff uh they they form a contingency that's like no let's take it down and start again if we stole this land then like we need to like it's something like that thoughts yeah no i i think that that's yeah that works i totally agree i think that's like a really good way to go and addresses some of the issues and makes the sami people more have more of an actual voice Mm -hmm. and like and because i think that that is at the end of the day the biggest qualm to have with this the rest of it's pretty song i mean yeah that in the song (laughs) if you get rid of the song and you treat the sami people better you're good yeah get rid of that fucking song (laughs) hey hey uh sarah larson i'm real sorry i bet you got better songs i bet you do (laughs) yeah it's just i i didn't i this one didn't fit i know it might be good somewhere else but i i want you to know because, Zara, you're 23, and I recognize you've done a hell of a lot more with your life than I have at this point. To have a song in a Netflix film, you deserve better, as did this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. I had to put that out there in case Zara Larson decided to tune in one day. We have listeners <laughs> in Sweden, actually. Yeah. yeah. We have, like, less than 1% of listeners in Sweden, so. Yeah, agree. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, we got a rate. This is the, it's that time of, it's that time yeah. of day, folks. We have to assign value like good little capitalist children. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah okay. So rating, rating He's this must film. watch. Yeah, hang on, hang on. <laughs> you don't get to speak for me. <laughs> I know, I know. I saw. Man, I 
I really wish that I could call this movie a must-watch. Um, honestly, for me, this movie sits somewhere between uh, a must uh, on the list and something in the background. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, but I also have other Christmas movies that I would turn to well before I turned to this movie. Um, chief among them, like A Muppet Christmas Carol, which is my all-time favorite. I, I don't know. I just like... I thought this this movie was like good and technically proficient and it had a lot of a lot of like good design work and animation and like the 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 town was really great but I I just I wanted more from the story. I guess I'm going to call it on the list. Okay. Um cuz it's not quite as mediocre as like an in the background movie. So, I think it's on the list for me. I think that's that. What about you Ben? How you feeling? Okay. Um yeah, this movie to me, um, borrowing as issues, is a must watch, a low tier must watch. Um, if that makes sense personally yeah. for me. I, I looked at it and I was like, Oh, I, I would definitely if and when I have children, we will probably watch this every Christmas because it's you know and also the two D animation, the slickness, the attention to detail, um, outweigh the flaws for me. Uh I just think it's beautiful and it's also like one of the first uh well put together, I think, Netflix Christmas movie. Oh, um, most definitely. I mean, if you're yeah, comparing like this the, to, like, The Princess Switch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this kind of, like, hits with Jingle Jingle, which had its flaws as well. But, um, yeah, between yeah. a low-tier must-watch, I can also see someone making a case for on the list. I think um, if you have kids, it's a must-watch. Absolutely. Um, with that, with that, like, center, yeah, if the idea of watching Frozen one more time makes you feel like you're going to jump off a, a cliff, like, yeah, no. <laughs> but, you know, this is a nice alternative. Your right. kid will enjoy it. And then you don't have to see Olaf for a little yes, while. Jeez, oh my God! Yeah, there's nothing incredibly like grossly like marketing for like toys in this, which is great too. Yeah, uh, I I do appreciate that. There's I no do toy. Appreciate oh, that's that. definitely gonna sell toys. Um, yeah, yeah. So I for me, low tier must watch. And again, you can oh, make yeah. a case for it on the list for sure. And I would be fine. With yeah, that. Yep. with with kids, it's a must watch. I Absolutely. I will agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ian, how about you, babe? Uh, I have a kind of run around where Ben's coming in. I personally feel comfortable removing the caveat of kids. I don't think this is a perfect film. I think it does what a lot of other bigger budget films accomplish with like half that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I, I'm I feel very comfortable saying that it's a must watch. I do think that it has some major problems with its representation but if everyone can gush over fucking something as cringeworthy as frozen 2 something that has like twice the charm and half the commercialization i'd say this is a must watch Mm. fair although you will never hear any of us gush over frozen 2 (laughs) that's a good point that's a fair fair remember remember everybody the kissing booth is like a 68% approval rating. Ouch. Maybe more. Let, let that sink in. Wow. Yeah. Let that, that be the ghost, the, the ghost of Jacob Marley that moves you. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, with that being said, we're going to wrap it up. Um, we wish you guys a Merry Christmas. Obviously, we'll log off soon. You know, actually, let's just let's sign off first and then I'll get into that whole spiel. 
Um, usually we tell you the movie, but we got a little something different for you. Uh, so, uh, Matt, why don't you tell the people who you are, what you're doing, and uh, 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 what's your least favorite errand to run around the holidays? Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, everybody. My name is Matt Frost. You can find me on Facebook as Matt Frost. You can find me on Instagram as Spider and B, like the tattoos on my arm. You can find me on Twitter as mfrostcreative. My email address is mfrostcreative at gmail.com. And my website is mattfrost.media. Uh, I am the... Uh, one of the co-presenters and the producer of this podcast. Uh, We also have another podcast coming up that I am so excited about. We're about to start recording in the new year, and those are going to be dropping very, very soon. Uh, It's going to be an actual play podcast uh, set in space, sci-fi, with a lot of twists and turns. I've been working on this storyline for a while now uh, and building the world. I can't wait to share it both with mm-hmm. Ben and Ian and with y'all. It's going to be amazing. I'm so stoked. Um, fuck. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Um, that's going to be great. I also do other writing, short stories, screenplays. Um, yeah. Uh, I am. That's kind of where that's, that's me. That's, that's what I'm doing with my life right now. Um, and my least favorite errand, there's one very specific errand, and it is uh, the day of Christmas when you realize that you don't have one ingredient and you have to go to the store. Ooh, um, I felt that in my, my bones. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that, and that also applies to Thanksgiving. It's that where you're like, oh, okay, and you have to like bundle up and then just go. And it's bad enough when it's not COVID, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, this year, this could just be one where we're like, well, we're going without everybody because fuck that shit. Just met with a sea of people. No, it's baking powder. Fuck. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I miss Reddit. Shit. Yeah. (laughs) There's nothing worse than on Christmas Day going, I thought we had. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, (laughs) So let's try to avoid that. And stay safe, everybody. <laughs> At this point, it's a little bit late, but check your pantries. <laughs> Make check sure you've got pantries. what you need. Do it. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so that's me. Uh, Ian, why don't you tell the people who you are, what you got going on, and what is your preferred Christmas meat? Like, if there's going to be one, you know, there's uh, people, ham. some people do. Oh, you're a ham. You're a ham boy. Already. Oh, that was so ham. quick. That was so quick. I know. All right. What kind of ham? Ham or, or duck. Ooh. It better be just a little bit blackened on the outside. Nice. Caramelized. Fucking beasted go. honey. <laughs> All right. Dirty uh, that is Christmas ham. That is uh, Christmas, Christmas with Hannibal Lecter. I know, really. Jesus. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't like the turkey. Uh, I could do duck. Duck is sometimes good, but ham is pretty squarely there, especially, yeah, like uh, some sort of honeyed ham. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of like meat with the skin kind of blistered and blackened mm. so like i'm a sucker yeah if, like some of it gets uh caramelized and all sorts of like 
crusty on the outside. It just tastes that much. So like you would go for like a like a barbecue style ham, like something that was slow cooked and smoked for a long time. So it's got that like Give thick that barbecue. Rub. Yeah. Oh, rub my ham. <laughs> Oh, Christmas is ham. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Why shit. Why do you tell people about yourself, man? Uh, yo, I am an actor in Chicago, purportedly. Uh, you can uh, listen to some of my writing, stuff that I wrote. I wrote this stuff? I did, and it drops this year, by which I mean 2021. It's a it's a radio play. Hold hold your horses, fam. I have the plug right here. Hold on, and I okay. Hold on, I got the papers. <clears throat> I think it's gonna be called Wicked Radio. Uh, <laughs> my paper bit is done. That was no good. Okay. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> Wicked Radio. Uh, it's a 1920s gothic horror set in fucking Massachusetts. Yeah, it's pretty sick. I'm in yeah. it too. Yeah. Ben's in it, and he does that sexy, sultry voice. Oh, that you, you heard all... it? Uh, no, no, that was actually just me guessing. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely <laughs> the timber of sultry. the. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, creepy, it... creepy shit going on. It's gonna be a good time. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as Ian Mutineer. You can find me on Sock uh, as uh, Sock Ninja eight 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 on Instagram. You can find me as Sir Yikes a lot at Baby Got Knack on Twitter. Um, am I doing anything else? Yes, there's Peach on Earth. That's up on YouTube. Google Theater Above the Law. Peach on Earth. Uh, your boy spent nearly a hundred plus hours learning makeshift CGI for that and building a bunch of assets. So be sure to check that out. Um, I don't know. That's enough. I just, and my Christmas meat is that dirty, rubbed Christmas. Um, ben, who are you? Where can the people find you? Uh, what do you do with your free time? And, uh, what's, like, an ornament for a tree? Gimme, give gimme, give like, the worst ornament you could see on a tree and, like, the best ornament you could see oh, okay. on a tree. That's easy. All right, I could be that one. All right. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. No, I love it. Uh, my name is Ben Jenkins. You can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Timothy Jenkins. You can find me on Instagram at BenVolio91. You can find me on Twitter, which I'm starting to, to understand and get a lot better now. Uh, <laughs> Cause I just say the most ridiculous shit. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah, just like you know, plug up the algorithm. Like, oh, you said that. I'm like, yes, I did. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Benny and the Jets. And I do my free time since it's the COVID times. Just kind of watch anime. I need to to actually start to like be active and like. Because you know I have to combat high blood pressure on the rig, um, so that's great. Mm. Uh, and, and my least favorite ornament, I'm gonna be honest with you, I I do not like the angel on top of the tree. Um, mm. And I'm not gonna get religious here or anything like that, which I am not. But I just think it looks, I just think it looks weird. Like if you're gonna do something on top of a tree, a star, a bow, that's dope. The angel is just like, come on, like, uh, maybe do a, I don't know, it's just weird, it's just fucking weird, but especially since, like, Christmas is originally pagan as fuck, and actually, little known fact, y'all, Christmas wasn't even allowed in this country for a long time. They were like, y'all are having too much fun, 
getting way too wasted and fucking a lot of people, <laughs> and that's not okay. Uh, <laughs> so they had that to infuse it hell. with Christianity, uh, and therefore we have what we have now. Um, yeah, I put my prefer like uh like i said my favorite would be like a star or i've seen a baby yoda on top of a tree that's pretty sick <laughs> that's pretty right yeah that, i would that's a decent or- ornament um just something fun and and creative i think is always really cool on a christmas tree um and i do love and i haven't had one in for a long time i do love actual christmas trees i know it's probably not the best for the environment so i don't I don't get them, and also they're kind of expensive, so we just do a false Christmas tree. But it's it's something nostalgic and cool about like a a new Christmas tree, the smell and everything like that. Uh, but yeah, with that being said, I'm done. We're done. Um, thank you for the questions. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone, and also to you, Matt, and to you, Ian. It's and, been a yeah. great year. To, to share with y'all. Um, we, we cried. We laughed. There have been some good days. There have been some bad days. There have been some late days. There have been some early days. <laughs> but in all in all, we are here and we have made it. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. I'm celebrating Kwanzaa this year, so that's going to be cool. Um, Hell you. Yeah, Hell the 26th. Yeah. So I'll tell you guys about that experience when we get back. Um, we will be on a little break. Um, I also will have that in the house. Keeping notes, um, or at least try. No, I'll just tell you this now because I don't want to give Matt uh, extra work. We're going to be on a little bit of a break because the holidays, and we are people with uh, families and friends and and stuff like that, and we also need breaks. So um, at least we'll do the stream theory. Um, should be coming out regularly, but the actual show show will be starting back um, like the first week of January, I believe. So we'll take like a two weeks off. And also, we want to do a little something different here in regards to the movie selections. We want you to be more engaged as a listener. We don't bite. We promise. We love you. Um, but, like, please throw us a movie idea for next week. Um, something current. It's not quite Throwback Thursday. So if you can do something within the, the last five, five years, I think, five, ten years, that would be great. We'll review it. If you haven't done it already, anything, we'll, we'll, we'll try it. Just, just hit us up on any of our social media platforms. I'll let you know what those are in the housekeeping after this. But thank you so much, guys. Please, please, please give them to us. We want to hear what you want us to watch because this is what we do. Again, guys, happy holidays. You know, celebrate what you celebrate. Love what you love. If you don't celebrate the holidays, well, happy, like, good couple of weeks of break. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great to, honestly, it's terrible that the service industry is suffering so much, but it's also good to not have to work up until, like, Christmas and not possibly work during Christmas. On Christmas. Christmas. Oh, my God. That's always yeah. the worst. Oh, yeah. It's the worst. It's the fucking worst. Um, and for really not that much money, let's just be honest. We, our feet are swollen. It just, uh, just if you ever mm-hmm. served in a mall, especially or anywhere on Christmas Day, especially in the service industry, you're gonna be fucking tired. Yep. <laughs> it's just, like you just is. It's gonna be a day. Um, and it's great to not have to worry about that. Um, so yeah, everyone, please, you know, be safe. Uh, celebrate responsibly. Wear a mask when you have to. If you do go with family, make sure everyone is tested. Um, and make sure it's not a big group of people. Um, enjoy your loved ones. Zoom call people. Uh, it's been great. Again, listeners, thank you so much for the support. Hopefully we look to expound upon that uh, later. We want eventually to have a good group of listeners. We have a good core now. We wanted to expand it even more. Uh, because we love you guys so much. And we know that you're like, hey, it's Christmas time. I got all this stuff to do. I might be celebrating Kwanzaa. I have my, oh, happy Hanukkah as well. 
um, everyone, happy Hanukkah. Uh, I might be celebrating Hanukkah. I might be doing all this stuff. I have all this stuff to do. I have all these things to eat and all these presents to open. You want me to sit down and watch this movie and that movie and that movie and that movie? I just don't have time. I just want to read a book next to my family and drink some eggnog with some little whiskey in it. I, I don't know what it, I don't know what you want me to do. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Breathe. 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 <sighs> <sighs> And also, fuck store-bought fruitcake. I know, yes. Matt, you like yes. you like homemade fruitcake. That's fine. It's I like my dad's. Cool. Yeah, but like one slice yeah. a year is good, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One slice, yeah, one slice a year, it's okay. But that, that, that store-bought shit that's hard and, and, and you could literally bust open a window, like you can like, <laughs> you can do damage with that thing. Uh, yeah, fuck that. That's weird. Why do we yeah, do that? Fuck anyway, that no. we're too many flicks. <laughs> and we watch all the flicks. So that your nasty fruitcake having ass don't have to. Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey friends, thank you so much for tuning in again to another installment of Stream Theory. We really hope you are enjoying these. We really love making them for you. We know that we have changed up the segments and structure of the episodes a little bit. We would be so curious to hear your feedback also maybe we haven't covered something that we should cover or we just haven't talked about something or you disagree with some of our opinions in these stream theories whatever the case however you want to reach out and interact with us you can do so on our social media pages we're on twitter facebook and instagram as too many flicks with a number two at the beginning and an x at the end you can also find us at our gmail account which is too many at gmail.com we are also working on revamping the patreon getting a bunch of cool new fun ideas and merch and rewards up there for the people who do help us out over there a huge shout out to you all you're fantastic especially natalie cole who has been there since nearly day one all of you mean the world to us, and thank you for your support there. But we recognize that these are crazy times, so not everyone can support financially. Doing something like commenting or liking or subscribing on whatever platform you're tuning in on means it's weight in gold to small podcasts like us. And finally, we know that it is an absolute madhouse out there, and there are so many more important things that require your attention at this time. We just hope that we can provide you with a little reprieve, a little solace from the madness that has become our world, because it certainly functions as that for us, and we're happy to share that. We just want to finish by saying, it's crazy out there, we understand. Please wear your masks, please wash your hands, Black Lives Matter, and stay safe. We love you. <laughs>